so since we're going to have a burlesque performer, we watched an episode of Maud mm-hmm. in which they, they did a burlesque show. They did a burlesque show. And did you watch show? this episode, John? I did watch this episode because you emailed it to me. What'd you have to say about it? Well, I thought, you know, it was, of You're... course, a chance for B. Arthur to show her Broadway chops. Mm-hmm. Tony Award winner as Best Featured Actress in a Musical for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, do you find it? I, I read the, I read this somewhere, and I did find it odd that Carol is in the show. Carol is Maud's daughter from a previous uh, marriage, and she's married to a new man, Walter, who is not mm-hmm. Carol's father. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing their act on the show, uh, Maud's husband, very old man, is often acting like Carol. His stepdaughter is, uh, you know, a sexy woman in, in these burlesque acts, which. Which was a little I did creepy. think about it. I'm like, it's a little odd. Yeah, a little creepy. Yeah, and I don't know if this makes it creepier or if it forgives it, but Maude was kind of encouraging it. She was. <laughs> maybe maybe Maude was getting Ar- ready to Arthur, go. Yeah, because I think, you know, after Maude had the abortion, then she started going through menopause and she didn't want Walter on her anymore. So maybe she was trying to push him to Carol. Oh, now I got to add <laughs> No, don't edit that out. That is gripping. That is comedy gold. It's the Seti Bimco Show with your hosts, Tim and John. Tim has a rash and John's got no patience. Yes, this is the Seti Bimco Show, the show where we talk about the weirdness or embarrassment of high school in real life and in the movies. Mm-hmm. And in this week, we're just moving on to a little after high school with our guest, Rex Halligan. We'll talk to you in a minute. Yes. Fireman and real burlesque actor. So yes, do you have any you thoughts know. this week? Because I have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead. Think away. Think away, Tim. <laughs> my, my, well, my thoughts aren't so much thoughts, but uh, it's what happened music. this week. Oh. Yes. Our, my wife's friends came to town, and they have mm-hmm. two, like, 13, 14-year-old boys, and we're, we were taking them to do things in New York. No, they're fine. Ooh. They're nice. Uh, They're nice, but we're taking them to do things. You're a braver man than I, I'm just saying. (laughs) So we're doing stuff that we wouldn't usually do, and they wanted to go to this exhibit in New York, which is a spy exhibit, interactive spy exhibit. And we're like, what is this? The kids want to go to it. And I said something to Gene as we went in, and I thought I saw something about lasers. And I'm like, we're not going to be crawling under lasers to do stuff because I'm not crawling on the floor under lasers to do things, you know, what is yeah, this? And so we're, both, we're going through on this floor. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they tag you with a, with a, <laughs> I know tag you with a bracelet. So they follow you through the whole thing. They ask you questions and test you. And then there's an exhibit about famous spies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, is this a cheap that my, my test was, is this, is this a cheapo exhibit? Because we got to Alan Turing. And uh, oh, yes. I was like, yeah, I know yeah. his story. Did, did they did they whitewash it? And they're like, nope. He got chemically castrated. He may have killed, may, may, maybe killed himself. We don't know. And I'm like, okay, this is an exhibit that's not whitewashing stuff. So then I was like, okay, this is okay exhibit. Had all the machines that they used in World War II. Uh, had a lot of stuff. And they question you to see if, like, what you'll be good at. And sure enough, near the end, we get to these rooms. They're like, okay, this room, it's got laser beams. <laughs> You're going to have to... <laughs> hit the buttons on the walls that light up as fast as you can without touching the laser beams. (laughs) 
and I go in the room with Gene that I was like, I'm not doing this. And then they start playing dramatic music and the timer goes off and uh, immediately I'm on the floor crawling under the laser beams and hitting the buttons and telling Gene to hit the buttons on the floor. And I, as soon as I can get up, I'll hit the buttons on the ceiling. Uh, so I, I did that. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost a finger, Gene lost a toe, you know, I, I couldn't avoid <laughs> but, all the know, laser the dramatic machines. music, you couldn't hear as soon as that dramatic music <laughs> starts, you're like, oh my God, you know, nobody can resist dramatic spy music. <laughs> And my test results say I should be a handler. So, a handler. I should handle spies. Be a handler. Yeah. Ah, so you'd be kind of like yep. M in the James Bond. Yep, one of those people. That woman oh. in the Americans. Did you see the Americans? The woman yes, who I always did, was, yeah. She was like, "I don't care. You're going to do this." Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And then the kids wanted to go eat pizza afterwards, so we went to a Times Square pizza place, which it had a framed poster of Friends on the wall, so you know it's a good place. So you know it's a great place. But I was annoyed yeah. that the poster was crooked. Come on, if you're going to have a friend's poster framed on your wall, don't let it be crooked. But then you don't know who's touched that poster before you, you don't want to go correct it. This is New York, actually. You know, Of course, so, you know, the time old New York question about friends is like, how did you afford those apartments on a coffee right. person's salary, on a barista's salary? And you only knew white people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, so. right? I never understood like how Joey got the gig. <laughs> anyway, I never actually saw an episode of Friends. Oh, okay. And you're going to criticize it. Well, I just, no, I just, it was, th- it was on Thursday nights. And at the time I was waiting tables and Thursday was a good well, tip night. John, you've read Shakespeare, right? Mm-hmm. So you've seen Friends. Okay. Oh, is it? Oh, is it, Okay. <laughs> I want. I so took, did you have I any taking, thoughts? I, just, I was taking it. No, I was taking a Shakespeare class, <laughs> and they told me that I was too jazz hands for Shakespeare, and they asked me to. What? Not what does that back? mean? Two jazz hands, you know. You know. Yeah, but what? They don't want that in Shakespeare, apparently. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish I could have seen you perform. I, I'm curious what was going on. I did learn how to fence, though. Oh. Can you still fence? I think I could. Yeah, I think I could. There's only four positions. I mean, it wasn't competitive fencing. It was theatrical fencing. There is a difference, Um, apparently. And it's only four four positions. It's basically just moving your wrist. It's not that difficult. You should get back on the stage. Ithaca's got lots of plays going on. I think I will. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to resurrect my one-man show of the Vice Presidents of the United States. I think we'll take it from there. I want to and see that. Luckily, Kamala Harris does wear that power pantsuit. So when I do Kamala, you know, because I have like tree trunks for legs, I couldn't pull off a skirt. <laughs> so luckily, no. she does the pantsuit. So I think I could do a Kamala. All right. Yeah, that's not that's and, not pl- politically correct, but you can give it a well, try. Well, no, I mean, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna like darken my skin or anything. Yeah. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna point out that you know the evangelical Christians. You know, pray to tr- pray to Jesus for Trump to win. Mm-hmm. The people in the village where in India where Kamala where Kamala's uh, grandfather was from, pre- you know, prayed to like the sun god of of the Hindu religion. And who wound up winning? Just saying, whose prayers got answered? <laughs> Just saying. <Yes. laughs> uh, it's a work in progress. Well, it's a work in progress. All right. Okay. We'll hype it on the show when you do it. Yes. My so my Eldridge Jerry is riveting. Uh, all right, John. Well, enough enough talking about whatever that was we were talking about. I still don't I want know to, Tim. I'm still trying to figure it out. Right. 
want to welcome our guest, who is a burlesque performer and a firefighter. We just say American hero. Yes. <laughs> Rex, Rex Halligan. And not Hannigan. Uh, like you originally like you originally emailed me. I think you were thinking of maybe Miss Hannigan from the musical Annie. Is that what you I, were I thinking? Used to, I actually, used to know that, Helen that, Hannigan when I typed to John. I was like, Rex Hannigan. And then I was like, no, no, it's not Hannigan. Yeah, no, that happens. Um, I also, um, if you remember a couple of years ago, Donald Trump's Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. Yeah. Oh, I was yes. getting that for like, a, I was getting that for a what? year. What? That, that, <laughs> Rex that Rex doesn't even sound like your name. Rex Tillerson, hot, <laughs> hot. Woo! He's what a man. He's, uh, he's got that oil money, you know. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the story you're going to tell, we just like to talk to people about their jobs. And do you have cool. questions, John? Sometimes I just start talking and and I don't let John say anything. No, the only the, no the only question I had for Rex was not job related. Like what okay. I was going to ask him, like Rex, have you ever eaten a carb? And like uh, I don't mean, I don't mean like you accidentally ate a mini muffin in two thousand eight at a Holiday Inn Express <laughs> breakfast bar. Like um, I don't think yeah, I don't think so you've ever eaten a, a carb. I drink my carbs. I I am uh-huh. what would I am what the American Medical Association would call a heavy drinker. Um, I think that's extremely leading questions like if we were in a court of law because like there, there's no way you know like you go to the doctor and it's like are you a heavy drinker and it's like well what, what's a lot of drinks it's like three a yeah. week it's like oh well come on like yeah, we're yeah all sometimes those standards are ridiculously low too it's like really three drinks a week is and, heavy. you've never had thanksgiving dinner with my irish family you know i mean it's... um and was I it during the pandemic yeah. Yeah, my uh, Thanksgiving at my family is a heavy, heavy drinking holiday with with my Irish family. The old joke, what's the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish funeral? One less drinker. Right. <laughs> Even the most famous Irish funeral, you know, in literature is Finnegan's Wake, which is about someone getting so drunk that they're actually mistaken for being dead. Yes. And then uh, wake did, up at the end with everyone else drunk. So now, I mean, now did, did you read that whole book, Rex? Uh, no, but I, I oh. know all the songs based on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say. For those, for those listening at home, Rex is a bodybuilder. So he's, he's uh, well done. You wouldn't say that. I would say that. But no, anyway. no, no, no. Um, body, bodybuilders are like kind of lumpy and like they, there's like a whole bunch. It's a, that's a whole thing. I'm not, I just, I try to, maintain a, a lean figure shall we say because of your job um, too yeah i mean yes and no i mean because of both my jobs um i right. am you right. know professionally naked on stage as i am mm-hmm. also a professional fireman uh right. both require me to be in decent shape um and that's with burlesque obviously there's all body types uh i don't have the talent <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I gotta i gotta do this <laughs> You have the talent. I saw you do push-ups on a chair, uh, standing <laughs> on your head on stage. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that that's was, a talent. That, that's a good one. That's actually my favorite act to do. <laughs> so you're so and you're also for those you... listening for those listening at home, I am also Irish and uh, and I'm not a bodybuilder at all. So. <laughs> but he but he has been known to drink one or two. Yeah, just yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 part of the culture at this point. <laughs> Actually, the the, so, the pandemic is when I kind of quit drinking because it was like I was I live alone, 
I was like, ooh, maybe alcohol and living alone in the middle of a pandemic isn't a good idea. So, Right. right. And, and most people, if you look at the stats, went the exact opposite way. Where oh, yeah. Alcohol consumption increased like by, oh, I don't know, at least 20 percent. Like, And I know me because drinking at bars, you, you hand empties back to the bartender and they just magically disappear. But like once I had to start taking out my recycling mm-hmm. every week, I'm like, God damn, I'm actually going for a lot here. <laughs> Same thing happened here with wine bottles. Yeah, yeah one exactly. Time, yeah. <laughs> one time I was visiting my aunt, my, my father's sister. You know, she's no longer with us. And she was rinsing out a mayonnaise jar. Really, John? Okay. She was rinsing out a mayonnaise jar. What? And she was and she was putting it in the recycling bin. There were, like, all these alcohol bottles. And I said, Maureen, I said, what are you doing? Because there was, like, still some mayonnaise in the jar, and she was putting it down the garbage disposal. I said, Maureen, what are you doing? She goes, well, I want the garbage men to think that I eat. <laughs> my ma- my mother as she got older she had the neighbor put her recycling out i'm getting into boring stories about our mothers but the neighbor finally said commented on how many alcohol bottles are in there so my mom like asked someone else to take her recycling out because she didn't want her neighbor knowing how much she was drinking anymore anyway that's what you get like when you're it, when you're it just old. is like growing up though i mean your family like my family we all drank even like me as a teenager my sister as a teenager you know we had the the, the parents of like drink at home so you don't drink out there you know okay. and and because of that that actually affected i drink I thought that seven and sevens were like a normal thing for you to go out to a bar at, in, you know, in, in the early 2000s when I reached the, you know, the age. And, mm. and like the first time I went out and ordered one of them because I was drinking with my, you know, my family and the bartender looks at me. It's like, that's a, you know, an old man drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you open up that bar order with my Social Security check just came in. Could right, I have right. a seven and seven, please? Yeah. Right. As, as, as a 21 year old, that's, not knowing that that's not a normal thing, you know, because I've been drinking for, you know, God knows how long by that point. That's what my, pri- that's what my priest drinks. Come on. Yeah, no, mine too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to interview a firefighter, even though I've, I've known some other firefighters. Right. We so thought I just th- talk. We yeah. actually, and I can't believe I don't know them because, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, with firemen it's always like oh do you know so and so and there's you know Fire i don't know 20, 20 21, of us in the in the tri-state area and it's always like it's always some guy you don't know and okay. like but your mutual friends like we're actually pretty close <laughs> <laughs> yes but i do wonder so your fire department knows you also do burlesque at um, this point like uh, or is it a the offici- officially is no Mm. Um, I just however, wondered if they give you shit about it. Okay, so yeah, uh, the officially it's no. A lot of the new guys don't know. Um, there was kind of a, I'm gonna say, I don't know, three years ago there was like kind of a an incident that brought a lot of it out. Um, oh. people found out. Now it's kind of an open secret, like. Guys know not to ask me. Okay. That uh, so I found out that I found out that a few guys knew. I found out that my commanding officer knows. Um, uh, uh, he that, was actually that, the one. 
But is that a problem or you're, you're going to explain? I so, guess I don't mean to So, yeah, yeah, it's it's I mean, legally, it's not a problem because here's the thing. I work in the Northeast where, thank God, emergency services are heavily, heavily unionized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I have as long a as your union protection. doesn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I have a lot of protections that let's say someone in a right to work state wouldn't, you know, where mm-hmm. just um, so I lean heavily on that. Um my commanding officer knows it. He's probably the most cool with it out of anyone, but he knows not to bring it up. Um, mm-hmm. I found out more guys than I thought knew know, but they haven't brought it to me. So it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing because I don't want to. I don't want to explain it to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most most guys don't. A few guys do, and it's like cool. We can just forget about this and move on. And, and I, I wouldn't think it would be a big deal because they have those firemen calendars where firemen right pose. but it's it's kind of weird it's uh and there's certain guys like i know a guy who i'm a burlesque performer and if you're asking if firemen know what burlesque is the answer is hell no uh, <laughs> or they think they know, know what they, it is they, they, maybe. the guys that the guys that found out think i'm a stripper yeah that's what um, i'm saying they think they know what burlesque is right um and uh, for anyone that's listening to the podcast that doesn't know burlesque isn't stripping. Uh, there are people who try to equate it. I don't like to do that. Cause I think that's not fair to strippers. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. and, um, so yeah, the difference between a, a burlesque performer goes out on stage for a set amount of time and does an act that involves generally the removal of clothing, uh, generally in a hilarious or yeah. storytelling fashion. Um, with I would say it's just rel- erotic, right? Rel- well, sometimes it's erotic, sometimes it's comedic, mm-hmm. uh, but there, there's a, a spin to it, and it involves no contact with the audience or very little contact with the audience. A club mm-hmm. stripper, as you would find in, a, in a, a strip club, I we can all draw their own. You know, everyone knows what that is. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. They're different things, and there's been a there's been it's kind of like a Venn diagram where, you know, like there's overlap, but they're different. And there's been people on both sides, the burlesque side and the club stripping side that say we should lump them all together because that puts less uh, stigma on the club strippers. And while I'm all for that, I think that that's actually unfair to the club strippers who have to deal with a lot of bullshit that burlesque performers don't have to do. And it's like the way I I put it is like volunteer firemen. I, I have no problems with volunteer firemen, but I kind of wish that they had a different term to separate it from what I do professionally. Well, aren't volunteer Um, like the little town I grew up in, which John also lived in for a while. I think it was all volunteer, wasn't it, John? They couldn't afford. Yeah, this is a small town. But I think what Rex is getting at is that they perhaps don't have like the extensive, say, like medical training that a professional firefighter would have. If I'm kind of of understanding the the point. Yeah. Uh, Not just medical training, but fire training. So where I'm in the Northeast, um, in a major metropolitan area where the standards for volunteer firemen are rather low on a nationwide scale. Mm. And the standards for professional firemen are extremely high. Um, if you go out to a place like, let's say Oregon, that just off the top of my head, the standards are about the same going back to what, yeah, what I was saying about what club stripping has to deal with is just in terms of stigma, in terms of just, 
all the BS that you have to deal with. It, it, you don't yes. have that as a burlesque performer. So I'm one of right, those people right. of like, we're not strippers. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying that we get off easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know. My bro- I, well, I'll say a relative was in town years ago here in, in uh, the city. And he was like, oh, let's go to the, the strip club. I'm like, oh, really? And he dragged us in there. And I just don't like to go because, uh, you know, the, I, I guess I feel like the women that work there, like, they're just making money. They do not like me. They do not care for yeah. the people here. I mean, so and I'm like, I, I don't want to be here. And, yeah. and you know, I, if, I dated, I dated a stripper for a while. Um, and, and just the shit that she had to deal with. But like more than, yeah. more than that, I, I hate going there just cause it's everything I hate in one place. It's not that I don't yeah. like beautiful women. It's not that I don't appreciate, you know, the, the athleticism of pole dancing and all that. It's just mm-hmm. I hate people pretending to like me. I hate high sale, right. high high stress sale situations. Like mm-hmm. it's right. the I don't like buying a car. Then... As soon as you walk in, it's like, hi, can I help you? Like, no, it's no. And it's when I lived when I lived up near where John lives now, somebody had a did I talk with this already, John? But somebody got married and basically had a bachelor party. So I went to the bachelor party. It was at it was at their apartment. I'm like, okay, and I had no idea that this woman shows up and she's going to do a striptease for the uh, husband to be. But the the unhappy part, well, the I didn't. Anyway, it's a weird situation. But there was a man (laughs) that stood by the door with a overcoat, and he let us see he had a baseball bat under his overcoat because obviously they're not going to let her go to strange houses and leave her there. Right, uh, but it just right. makes it yeah, weird. I, like, I, and, oh, there's yeah, a guy with a baseball that. bat. There. <laughs> yeah, that kind of does take the fun I'm out. I'm all of for it, that, you know? but at the same time, it kind of kills the uh, the ambiance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you're afraid like one false move, and all of a sudden you're concussed. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Yeah, who wants that? But but as as Rex said, the burlesque can be funny. I saw a show that I believe Rex was at. I don't know, but a woman was dressed like a Cyberman from Doctor Who, and she was uh, she had sparks flying off her suit because she was pretending to saw parts off her. I don't know if Rex was there for that one, but that literally, was literally, literally the best burlesque performer in the world. Yeah. She was very, <laughs> it was a great show and she uh, it was a very funny act, uh, as if she were a cyber person. Yeah. yeah. Just for anyone that wants to check her out, her name is nasty canasta. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. I forgot. Her she's name. retired now. As far as I know, she's a living legend. She is the greatest performer in my opinion of at least the last 20 years. Uh, she's amazing. She's the reason I do burlesque. Oh, okay. And that was going to be my next question. I'm glad you let me in there. How did you end up doing this? Yes, How did you end up getting into burlesque? And like, So, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, at the time, was married. Um, my It was my wife's birthday. And she always kind of was into, like, pinup culture, which, mm-hmm. again, Venn diagram, not the same thing, but there's a lot of overlap. Um, Betty, and, Betty Page kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, and so she was like, I want to go see a burlesque show. And I'm like, that's that's where like everyone kind of dances around to jazz music and like with fans and no one really gets naked. Like, I think I know it. And I mean, so that's a really bad demeaning description of classic burlesque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And so... I I saw it. I didn't know it at the time, but I was seeing basically some of the best performers. Mm -hmm. um, And I was blown away because there was some of what I described, obviously, even though I I kind of am jokingly demeaning it, it was great. But then there was also a lot of 
like how you described where someone was dressed as a Cyberman from Doctor Who. I saw uh, a performer come out dressed as a penguin, like full furry penguin costume that they stripped out of to... It started out as Morgan Freeman's narration from March of the Penguins. Mm. <laughs> oh, my and, and God. Went into, then went into uh, two live crews, me so horny, once they got to the mating part. <laughs> and... Like, Were there two penguins is, or just one penguin? Actually, I, I, I know this performer personally now, and she's a classically trained ballerina. So the, the actual yeah. dancing was amazing. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is not at all what I thought, and I want right. more of this. Yes. And so I started, you know, well, when, when's the next show? We'll go to that. Once, and then starting, fi- okay, now there's, there's dedicated venues in New York that do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And I started going to more and more shows. And eventually it was like, um, at that point I had gotten myself into decent shape and, uh, I noticed that they needed the term in burlesque is stage kitten. Um, okay. oh, the which is up, basically, uh, yeah. yeah. So for, for anyone who doesn't know, um, burlesque leaves a lot of crap littered all over the stage after an act um and someone needs to clean it up so you can be really boring and just have someone in traditional theater stage blacks do it or you Mm -hmm. can put on a costume and do it in a sexual manner and be a part of the show and basically uh be at the you know uh so uh talking about gender roles in burlesque real quick generally uh, and this is a vast generalization. It's not the case so much anymore, but it used to be way more. The host is a male comic. Okay. And the kitten is a very scantily clad woman. Right. And we thought, the, the producers of the show, thought it would be fun, since their hosts were women, to have basically a kind of pool boy kind of vibe going on where i was in my okay. underwear picking it up and they were and they were making jokes and it was yes. i think it that that particular run of that show lasted for just under a year and it was amazing and and from then on it was you should perform okay and then i went into i got into hosting burlesque just because when we launched our own show it was like this is probably going to lose money and if we don't hire a host it's one less person we have to pay and you're <laughs> and you're uh you're a very good host i've seen you Oh, thank you. I don't think you were at the first show that I went to, but I got so because I, I can't remember who the person was, but the burlesque actor asked for a volunteer, and everybody shoved me up on stage, and <laughs> and she made me uh, get on my knees and hold the microphone for her. I don't I don't think you were there, but uh, I wish no, I could remember I, who that. You probably know who she is. Go figure. There are shows that I can't make because I do work <laughs> nights as well. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a job with health benefits and a pension that I have to show up for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was probably cutting <laughs> someone out of a car at that point. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Which leads me to my other question, since you, you mentioned that. I, I wondered what the oddest, like, non-fire extinguishing thing you've been called on to do as a fireman. Is there Has there been, like, something oh, you God. never thought you would end up doing so, as far as... Um, okay, th- that's a... That's a couple of questions. The first one is, has, have I ever done something I thought I wouldn't do? No, because firefighter is a term from the 1700s, 1800s, and mm-hmm. it is 1% of what our job is. Right. Um, if you want to get technical, we are emergency workers. You yes. know, we go, when you call 911, you get the fire department. Yes. Uh, oh, you which do. a lot I of thought, people don't yeah. realize. I didn't realize that. I thought, yeah, you yeah. got the dispatcher. 
Well, you get the dispatcher, but nine out of ten times they're going to send us. Because if it's a fire, obviously you're getting us. If it's a yes. hazardous situation, which is a very, very broad term, you're getting us. If it it's is, a medical yeah. situation, you're getting us. Even if someone's shooting at you, yeah, you're getting the cops. But, like, who do you think is going to take care of the wounded? Uh Like, you are, you know, we deal with everything. Uh, The best thing I ever heard was, uh, it started as a joke. It's one of those things that one guy says and then it gets repeated ad nauseum. But there's no 1011, there's only 911. Mm -hmm. So it stops with you and figure it out. John John often thinks his neighbor is dead. Should he call the fire department? Well, I just thought that's I didn't called say dead. Just check. We we do those. Yeah, I, just, we, I didn't say dead. We, I just said I thought his. I just I said I just said I thought his organs were harvested. They could have had him in the bathtub <laughs> filled with ice and kept him alive. I've heard that. Isn't that like yeah? A good no, thing? we 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 generally get those around seven a.m. when it's mm. you know. Hey, I really? Heard from, I haven't heard from a certain camera. time. Oh yeah, yeah. God, I can tell. If you give me a time of day, I'm like when as soon as like the tones go, the tones go off. The, the tones what, are how we get time? dispatched. So like, what time of the get, day is when people have cats stuck in the tree? They call you. Oh God. Okay. So that that <laughs> that doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And <laughs> you told me that once. That's it's like, generally middle of the people day. People are calling we, you for that. We do not go on that. Cats can get out of trees. It's it's not funny. <laughs> Although you hear actually, that, John? Now, now stop in, calling in, the fire department yeah, about in, the cats in, in 2022. Trees, okay, I've actually I've now gotten two calls for my drone is stuck in a tree. Can you guys do? Oh something? no! <laughs> uh, and do you come? No, no. <laughs> it's not an emergency. We <laughs> we do have a fiduciary responsibility to the taxpayers. <laughs> I mean, if you, I, I don't know, how, how blue do you want to get with the material here? Because I, I can go into stories. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We, we, we're an adult, adult podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm going to well guess there's like a lot of orifice stories. That's just going to be just off well, the top I mean, of my yeah, head. Yeah, there <laughs> are. There, there, yeah, those, those happen. Those happen. Um, the worst my firehouse ever got in terms of just a, a funny but wrong story is that we got an alert for a... a uh, 2 a.m. a medical alert bracelet going off. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like the yes. I fall and I can't get off woman? Right. Older older people that fall down and they hit right. the button. Right, so, you know, this was a thing, and uh, we bang on the door, bang on the door, nothing. So we we rip the door open, you know, and, and think we're going to find a body or think mm-hmm. we're going to find someone that, you know, is, is in very, very uh, a bad situation, you know. And uh, we find a... a, a a gentleman who I, if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say was around his late seventies and he was, uh, jerking off. And <laughs> what happened was that he had popped a Viagra and went to sleep <laughs> thinking it didn't work, woke up, found out it was working, uh, <laughs> threw on a DVD cause this is pre internet yes. days. Okay. Uh, well at least high speed internet for most people. But he had took his hearing aids out, so he couldn't hear and and had accidentally activated it, but couldn't hear us banging on the door. Oh wow! This is like every thirteen-year-old boy's is. dream, bad dream come true. Right. You know, if you if you ever ask what the what the most horrifying thing I've seen in my life is, that's definitely up there. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that's, that's gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'm now I'm gonna be afraid. That's me at eighty. This is going to be my nightmare now. Oh, that could be me. I mean, that could be me next week. You know, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) What movie was it, Rex? 
Oh God, I don't know. It was. <laughs> I, I, I That's the important know. question. I should have. I should have. I should have <laughs> looked at that for for posterity. Did, yeah. did, did, did you come in with your axe and smash the DVD player? <laughs> 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 oh my God! And then it's like, and then like, how do you fill out that report? You know, I mean, it's like. Uh, thank God. That's so. That's why I'm never going to be a, an officer. I'm going to retire as a backstep fireman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, so you don't have to uh, fill out reports. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, no well, reports. I mean, how would you? I mean, how would you word that? You know. I mean, you can't put old guy jerking off without his hearing aids. And you yeah. Have no. To, like, I, I believe you kind of got to put it in term, like legalese. Yeah. Right. The, the the legalese terms would be accidental activation. Acti- accidental really? activation. Hmm. I love it. I'm going to use that line. Yeah, no, I, mean, well, I, I do. I do tend to write. A, Wait, that, no, that's great. That's fantastic. My, yeah, I do tend to write. John's writing this down. John's, John's going yeah. to be using this at work all week now. Activation. <laughs> it sounds like it should go with like premature ejaculation, accidental activation, right, premature right, right. ejaculation. <laughs> that could be a song. Accidental activation. I, I was just going to say, John. John is writing a song this week. <laughs> accidental active accidental activation premature premature ejaculation and, oh i think i got some here Jeez. you quit high school at 15 for a uh just because i don't know if you don't have to tell us but if you want to tell no, us or um, it's just... so yeah i i had a horrible time in school um when i left high school i weighed 113 pounds okay um so I got picked on a lot because I was an easy target. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that I didn't fight back. I always fought. I got in a lot of fights. I just lost most of them. <laughs> um, so it was a bad, you know, it was a bad time. And um, I wasn't learning anything. You know, I had basically, I felt like high school was just regurgitating what they had already taught us already. Just, right. you know, in slightly more detail for a test. Um, and then the other thing is I grew up, I don't like to use the term poor cause I've seen real poverty. <laughs> um, and we did, we weren't that, but I will say we had, we were of meager means. Um, okay. so college wasn't a thing. Yeah. I couldn't afford it without going into massive amounts of debt. And even as a 15 year old, I'm like doing the math and I'm like, this doesn't make sense, which is funny because at well, the see, time, you were smart. Everyone thought I was nuts, but now, you know, like here we are, I've been out of, I, I would have been out of school for 22 years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a whole bunch of think pieces of like, mm-hmm. forget college, go to trade school. And, you know, like, yes. so, so mm-hmm. at that point with college not being an option, it was like, all right, why am I in high how, school? How old, how old do you have to be to like then join the fireman Academy to, to become a fireman? Did, did so you do that? Right. Yeah. Technically, it's it's 18, but you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that gets in at 18, just because the the test to get on is only given every I don't know three and a half four years. Oh, um, okay. I obviously I obviously haven't taken the test in in two decades. Um, the, uh, the but yeah, the test to get on is every three and a half four years. So you might be as it was in my case. I was 21 before I ever took a fire test. Okay. Um, you know, just because they, they, they hadn't, they hadn't given them in that time, you know, when I was 18 or 19. Uh, and then obviously, you know, there needs to be some, some time to get it scored. And, and then, you know, there's a written test, there's a, then there's a month and then there's a physical test. And then there's, you know, getting legal challenges out of the way and, and whatever. So by the time I got on the firehouse, I was actually 24. 
Okay. Yeah. So you uh, have a it's but do they do that because so many people want to sign up they just have to kind of keep it you know they no, can't be No, it's just you know it it costs it costs a lot of money to cost a lot of money to train a, people. Run a test for 20,000 applicants. Right, right. <laughs> and and just cuz not a lot of people relatively get on, I mean, uh statistically speaking, you have a better acceptance rate if you apply to Harvard than becoming mm-hmm. a fireman. Wow. Right. Um not not saying, you know, it, it just in terms of sheer numbers, you know, let's say 30,000 people sign up to be firemen and they wind up hiring 1,300 off that test. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. So we're going to, we're just going to skip the, the horrible high school story. And, and you had a story about the fire academy. Oh yeah. I mean, the fire academy is, is a horrible time and a great time. <laughs> That's what I figured. You know, you, it's yeah, kind of like the army, whole... but I guess I was never in the army. I mean, so I don't kinda, know. yeah, I don't, I don't know what boot camp is. I think boot camps, like, don't quote me on this, but I think around six weeks. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I know it's different for different branches of service. I work with, we have two Marines, three guys from the army, and two guys from the Navy. I want to say in my house. Um, okay. uh, God forbid you you mess those up. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, there, you go. Um, they got it tattooed yeah, so on their arms, I, I assume. Right, so. right. Well, yeah, no, they all pretty much do. But I, I mean, I can't judge that. I got my fireman tattoos. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, I, the fire academy is generally around 16 to 20 weeks, uh, oh. depending on where you go. And, uh, yeah, you get into some trouble when, yeah, because it's you, you wait your whole life to get there. And then it's, yes. you, you get your, your winning lottery ticket, as it was. And then you're mm-hmm. just like, don't let me screw this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's, it's 10, 12 hour days of just the, you're, you're learning, you're learning in a classroom, but they're also beating the hell out of you physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably worse than any fire will ever, you know, right. just cause you know, uh, you know, it, it, as bad was- as, as bad as a fire is, it's over. And then, you know, you have, you, you can rest. Whereas at the Academy, it's reset and do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard, I think of some of the people I've talked to, you have to carry your, those oxygen, I can speak, carry those ox- oxygen tanks up and down steps. Like you do that every day while you're training or. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing is uh, it's not oxygen. If you take an oxygen tank into a fire, you will explode. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's compressed air, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, no. So those weigh about 35 pounds and then you probably yes. got another, you probably got another 60 pounds on you while you're doing that. And then whatever equipment, which is probably another 20, 30 pounds. And it's so, summertime. Yeah. Well, even if it's not even, you know, even if it's not summertime, I mean, you're going into a hot environment you know and right that's the thing like i had a friend who uh i always get the i always get dms uh from my friends when there's a fire on their block and they're you know all of a sudden the questions that they never realized they have start coming out and one guy was (laughs) like why why are they using such rudimentary tools you know and and like axes and 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 i'm just like well you're going into a 600 degree room with no oxygen in it like mm-hmm. you can't use a chainsaw no you can't yeah. you know like <laughs> you, you can't you, you know like these are the things that won't break <laughs> the minute, like, why are you using an axe to smash that cd player it's yeah. playing the uh, adult film <laughs> well yeah because it almost sounds like the equivalent of the, 
It almost sounds like the equivalent of a doctor who goes to a party and gets asked medical advice, kind of, sort of. Like, all of a sudden, right. you get all these yes. questions. You're like, really? Um, it's it's not my shift today. I don't want to talk about fires. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though. I mean, like, the, the thing that is... The thing that's different about me and that doctor, though, is I really realize how few people know what the fire department does right? because it's called the fire department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, I, I've 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 defibrillated people and brought them back to life, uh, mm-hmm. which is probably the, the coolest feeling in the world where, you know, like, um, um, I've cut people out of cars. I pulled people out of fires. Uh, not me personally, but I literally, I, I was on a hose line holding the fire back while my partner grabbed somebody and, and pulled them down the stairs, um, mm. which really sucks because they get the medal and you don't. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> At least in basketball, you get mentioned with the assist. You right, know what I mean? That's, that's a right. stat, yeah. right? No, well, I mean, you do get the assist, but the assist yeah. is a medal that Doesn't everyone come with a medal. Like, like you have to explain why you got it, and then it just loses all cool factor. Yeah. You're like, no, like, it's a, you know, like, it's he, like he he gets the medal. <laughs> you get a coupon for a free cone at Baskin Robbins. It's just not insane. But, you know? the, well, the the uh, there's a there's a colloquialism in the fire fire service of uh, truck guys go to metal day, engine guys go to the burn ward. Oh, jeez, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, you know, like engine guys do all the work. Engine guys put mm-hmm. the fire out, but truck guys get the glory. You know. Gotcha. Mm. So what? What? Uh, so hopefully you have a funny story, not not a. Uh, not oh yeah, a, uh, yeah. Not I, don't, a, uh, I don't want this like a story that's going to give me nightmares. Yeah. No, no, no. I you, mean, you already told I, the nightmare story. What's going to happen to me when I'm eighty? Oh, so let's, God, let's no, move on yeah. to the funny story. Or me no, next week. But anyway. <laughs> yes. It's just the funniest thing in the fire academy just because it's – everyone is walking on eggshells because the last thing you want to do is get hurt because when you're a fireman, you're on probation for the first year. Uh, okay. Hence why we don't call we don't call new guys rookies. We call them probies, short for okay. probationary firemen, um, which means you can get let go at any time for no reason uh, for your first Uh-oh. year. So it's all just stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy and like – you know, like we had one guy fall off a roof and he broke his leg and he came, he actually did that the class before mine and he came back in our class to finish out. And, you know, he walked with a slight limp, so everyone called him hip hop. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, like it's that whole, like, just don't get hurt, don't get hurt. But, but he got to stay. Uh, the, I think the funniest thing though, is like, <clears throat> we had, you know, we were all sleeping in a dormitory, like 16 guys to a room, bunk beds. Like, if you ever seen Full Metal Jacket, it kind of looked like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so, like, one guy brings in a football. And, like, the funniest thing is, like, we all have this winning lotto ticket if we just stay healthy for the, you know, for the remainder of the academy and get out. Mm-hmm. But, like, we were playing dorm room football between these things, like, full contact. And, like, guys are oh, getting no. thrown into shit because, like it's still that hyper-masculine thing of like, well, you're not going to tell me. So like guys are calling (laughs) out rules as we go. Like, are we touched? No tackle. Okay. Guy shower is the end zone. Like go. And like, you know, here we are like right after, you know, beating the crap out of ourselves, like just throwing ourselves on each other. And I like, someone filmed it and I still have that video and it's like, Oh no, this was at the time. I think the worst time of my life, like, cause it was just, it's hell. Like the Academy is, is literally hell. 
Um, was alcohol involved with this football game? Uh, no alcohol in the dorms. However, okay. yes, there was a bar across the street. <laughs> um, well, I mean, as across the street as you can be when with, you know, you got you had to get off the academy grounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, everyone's kind of tuned up. And it's just, it's just the funniest thing to me because it's the most like typical masculine thing of like, oh, well, now there's a football. So, <laughs> so, so who got hurt? Uh, actually, uh, unbelievably, no one. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it, it's crazy. But this is just how it was. And, and, you know, of course, we got chewed out by the instructors the next day. And, and the next week was was something new. And it's the academy did, is weird. Did you destroy all your bunk beds? Yes, totally. <laughs> so the, the room was you, where did you sleep that night? You know, on the mattresses, there was... Mm, that's kind of a personal question, <laughs> Tim, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, all got, we all got very close in those weeks. Uh, yes, we bonded. <laughs> we bonded as no, brothers. Um, but yeah, if you want to like, you know funny stories, the best thing, are legendary, are firehouse pranks. Um, so, you know, uh-huh. we all do things of... Uh, questionable flower flower catapults made out of mousetraps in guys lockers um (laughs) one guy one guy we had a drop ceiling he ran oxygen tubing up through the drop ceiling and hooked that tubing up to a water uh water dispensing fire extinguisher and uh just made it basically it's a giant squirt gun and when after it was lights out just kept shooting guy in the face that he couldn't stand um and then when and the lights guy, came on, he this guy tell. didn't know where the water's like, coming from. Right. He like the lights would go on, he'd look around, nothing. The lights go back out, he gets shot in the face again. <laughs> and that was um, you. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. I wish I wish I was that good. <laughs> um the, well, okay, at least the best you, at least you were ever, the guy getting shot in the face. There you go. Right. The best prank the best prank I ever heard is so firemen aren't allowed to have beards. Um, because it interferes with our air masks, right? We can't get, oh, a, you okay. can't get a seal. Mm-hmm. Your face. Okay. Um, so, you know, generally any fireman, if you see us on vacation, we have a beard. And if you see us when we're not, we have to be clean shaven. Um, so this one guy, this one proby gets on new firehouse and, uh, the guys go to him, you know, like, Hey, all right, here's our thing. We're going to go up and, and start having breakfast, having coffee. Your job is to check the, check the rig to make sure the, the fire truck, make sure everything's there. Uh, and then mop up the floors just so you know, it's a public building. So guys are, you know, people are allowed to come in. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we don't like it. It's kind of a shitty area, a shitty neighborhood, but you know, what are you going to do? Like mm-hmm. people, you know, like it's technically a public building. So if they want to use the bathroom, they can. So, okay. They all go upstairs. The guy starts mopping the floor this one guy comes in, he's got a full beard, he's got dreadlocks, you know, um, mm-hmm. and he's just, you know, he comes in, uses the bathroom, Proby looks at him, doesn't think anything of it. Then the guy walk, guy waits until the Proby is in the back of the, back of the apparatus bay, can't see him. This guy doesn't know that he's a fireman at that firehouse that's been on vacation for two oh, weeks. So he's got a full beard and everything. So he doesn't look like it. Starts up the fire truck, drives it away out of the firehouse, and goes down the street. Oh, my God. All the guys come down the pole, and they're like, what the fuck happened? Oh, my God. The guy, like, this guy's crying. He thinks he's going to get fired. Like, not knowing that was one of their all-duty guys. This guy's never met. 
I thought I thought that was the greatest prank I've ever heard. That is. <laughs> uh, one guy got his. Uh, one probie got his, you know, we got our issued badge numbers, uh, which become your lotto numbers for life and all that. Okay. Um, he got, he got his badge number tattooed on him. Oh. Uh, so as soon as the officers found out about that, oh, I see they had a fake department memo come out that, uh, there was a, a inconsistency in badge numbers and therefore they would all be <laughs> reassigned on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> That's like when John, you know, John got a tattoo of uh, he, he tattooed. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, I'll tell you what, I did. Bill, I Bill, put out a, he he I tattooed put, Bill put, Cosby's I, name on his arm because he's such a big fan, and you know, now it's, <laughs> yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah, Years Bill ago, Cosby, Roman Polanski. Um, but no, I put a fake. I put a fake note on the time clock because during the pandemic, I was one of those people. I didn't get off of work. I work for a retailer. I, I work through the whole pandemic. And every morning we have to go in and get our temperature checked, you know, just with the one, you put it up to the forehead and it reads it digitally. So I put yeah. a note next to the time clock one morning, even though we have an app on our phone that we clock in and out with, that starting on Monday, all temperatures would be taking rectally. And almost gotten a lot of trouble for that. I was going to say, you still work there? Yeah, I do. They they were just like, and he said, John, that was very funny. Just don't do that again. <laughs> this isn't a firehouse, John. This isn't a firehouse. Oh, we're, well, a serious, we're a serious I, profession. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm institutionalized now where if I had to not work in a firehouse, I would not survive a week. Uh. <laughs> I, I yeah, imagine. yeah, I get. No, I get what you're saying. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, people have been in the military. People have been police officers. Yeah, it's quite a because you really do. And this, this is not a cliche. This isn't hokey. But I mean, you really do dedicate your life to this. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, and when it's over, than, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and and I actually dedicate less of my life to it. That's why I do burlesque. That's why I have all these things. Because there you go. I've seen that 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 is a one way street mm-hmm. and. The, uh, the one guy who actually wound up dying uh, in the fire service, you know, told me like the firehouse doesn't give back, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's a great, it's a brotherhood and it's all that. And it's, it's wonderful, but you should probably have something outside of this because right. when it's over, you're going to need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, sort of uh, like, and yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, you know, nobody ever wishes. I, and this is just kind of people in general, not just, firefighters but i don't think anybody when they take their last last breath says gee i wish i'd spent more time at work right right yeah. that's yeah. why our, our our mutual friend best new york times best-selling author, author george, o'connor. george o'connor yeah he <laughs> once he's done drawing comics he's got his action figures you know to, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah oh and that's that okay that's my next question is there an emergency evacuation plan if Heaven forbid your building does go get on fire, Rex. Is there an emergency evacuation plan for New York Times bestselling author George O'Connor's action figures? So, like, is, uh, have, you all, not, have, you, have you all been assigned like a group of action figures? <laughs> like you've yeah. got numbers and you each <laughs> grab one or two, whatever you can carry out. Yeah, I, like you're I, responsible for numbers I, I, 67 yeah, I, to 72. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm assigned Masters of the Universe. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, see, I know it. I know it. But we've kept you almost an hour. I'm not exactly sure what time we started. But I, yeah. before you go, I have some questions for you that some are serious because okay. my, we're a very uh, serious podcast. I see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I put my glasses on. That's how serious we are. My, my wife works for a restaurant organization and there's a reason i'm asking you this question so this is like a public service announcement for anyone listening so rex if you have a grease fire in your kitchen what should you do and what should you not do all right uh the easy thing is not uh, to to answer what not to do is throw water on it um if it's small enough where it's like in a frying pan and you can just cover it with the lid cover it with the lid and walk away do not open the lid to check on it because you're going to smother it from the air. And if you mm-hmm. check on it by opening the lid, you just gave it more air. Yeah. <laughs> because my so, wife, like I said, she, she works for a big <clears throat> restaurant business and sometimes she's in charge of a big catering event and they had food with those sterno cans or whatever, keeping the food yeah. warm. And, and she yeah. saw that, uh, like she's yeah, in charge. That basically, of, if you she, throw water, if you throw water on a grease fire, you make napalm. Oh, I know. She she saw the grease caught on fire in one of these uh, plates, and she saw the guy who was uh, working there grab a glass of water, and she was like, no, don't. Yeah. He was right next to uh, a curtain. Baking, and baking soda works amazing if you don't have that, you know, just handy. Salt, uh, right? Salt. Just grab a whole thing of salt and throw it on there. Uh, yeah. So long as you take away, you know, Fire needs four things. It's heat, oxygen, fuel, and a chemical reaction. You break any one of those, fire goes out. So salt, baking soda, or the lid will take away the oxygen and the chemical reaction. So I seriously want people to know that because I still am surprised people will throw water on a grease fire. Uh, So so I was actually at a fatal fire two weeks ago where we found the guy dead in a almost looked like a praying position. He was... uh, Mm. He was hunched over with his hands clasped together over his face. And, I mean, he was really badly burned. We couldn't make out exactly what happened, but we think it started as a grease fire and he threw water onto it. Ugh, mm. yeah. um, That's something people that, should know early on. That, that killed him, but then it also, that caused it to spread throughout the entire place. By the time we got there, the whole place was fully going, you know. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, that's that's what happens. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, don't do that. So now, now I have to move on with my my funny my my funny questions. That I'll, so I don't have a lot of questions. My next question is: If you have a chemical fire in your ki- if you have a chemical fire in your kitchen, what should you do with all the drugs that are not on fire? <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, See, I follow labs, up your very sad story with comedy. I, I don't know. I, was, no, I, me, I, uh, yeah, meth labs are are a serious problem. I've actually, yeah. I, I learned. Thank you, government of the state I work in. They taught me how to cook, um, really? which is really funny because it came up in conversation, and I'm like, "Well, there's four ways to cook meth." And my friend looks at me. I'm like, "No, your tax dollars paid for this. Listen." <laughs> <laughs> This is educational. They do teach you that so you know what it looks like, I assume. Well, because we have oh, so you know quite a few fires where guys were walking into things, and it's like there are obvious telltale signs of a meth lab. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you see a coffee filter with red staining, okay. um, if you see stripped uh, lithium batteries, 
You know, like these are all right. things that go into cooking meth. I'm probably saying too much. <laughs> Look at John. Like, stop. <laughs> no, but you're if like, you, yeah, no, no. I mean, you, you want to know, like, okay, yeah. wait, I see this, I see this. This is what this is. Mm-hmm. Treated accordingly is what yeah. you're saying. Okay. Right, right, right. Uh, the thing, yeah. if, if you already have a fire and you're 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 in the middle of a cook, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I read the book. The, I read the book Methland. I don't don't know if you read that. It's the terrifying, terif- no. terrifying book about people in the middle of the country. Why meth came about? Why certain people use it? Yeah, and, well, and I mean, the happens. worst thing about the middle of the country, as opposed to like where where we all live, is the readily accessible anhydrous ammonia. Yeah, which okay. cuts you mean out fertilizer. About, yeah, uh, specifically, yeah, specifically anhydrous ammonia, because um, mm-hmm. that cuts out about five steps. Mm, okay, <laughs> and makes it extremely easy. Um, well, whereas, it's... you know, in New York, in New York and New Jersey, or or you know, like uh, California or Connecticut, or, yeah, yeah, like you obviously <laughs> don't have tanks of that laying around. <laughs> right. Well, here's a funny, not not funny, I... haha, but funny sheesh. Where Tim and I grew up, big meth country these days. It and is. every once in a while, like I live about two hours north of where we grew up, a lot of farmland outside where I live, and they'll have like the police have caught these people in the barns trying to steal the fertilizer. And like nine yep. out of ten times it's somebody that was from not too far where we grew up, and I was like, Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that stuff's a gold mine if you can get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So my my third question. Which movie do you feel is better, Backdraft or Man on Fire? Which now is uh, a, my comedy question is in bad taste in, after the stories you told me. In terms of an actual film, I'm going to go Man on Fire because, okay. you know, Denzel Washington is great in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also not about firefighting, which uh, <laughs> helps because firefighting movies by and large are god awful. Right. That was my <laughs> next question. I, I saw that when I see movies, I'm like, did they do all the research is this what happens or was that movie totally oh backdraft is probably the least realistic fire okay. movie yeah. uh it's probably it's probably the best in terms of entertainment value yeah um the physics are wrong the everything is wrong everything's wrong okay. but it's that's like a, it's, I really it, it's a, i'm i'm going to compare backdraft to another movie that i it's i unironically like uh and that's okay. top gun where it doesn't matter if it's real, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, everybody's uh, favorite part of Top Gun is the volleyball game, right? Right. No, Am I exactly. right, John? And then, and then I, 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 always say, I always say three, <laughs> I, I like 300, and that movie is just the volleyball scene from Top Gun stretched out for two and a half hours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the opening um, scene of Trog. Yes, it's the exact same thing. Exactly, yes. Um, the most realistic take I've probably seen on firefighting is I haven't watched all of this because I actually don't like watching fire firefighting stuff i can imagine um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but i'd say the most realistic take i've seen on firefighting is probably the first season because i didn't watch any of the other ones of rescue me with dennis leary oh okay. yeah. probably about, that. that's probably yeah. that, it's probably about 15 20 years old i don't know mm-hmm. around yeah that um, sounds about right yeah just because just because that unlike and again I've only I don't watch these things, so I've only seen episodes when my girlfriend loves nine one one, which is god awful. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a is that a show? It's not it's, a, yeah, a it's, reality it's, show. It's, it's, it's Fox. Going now. I think it's on. I think it's oh. on. Yeah, it's on Fox. It's on Fox. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's a spinoff with Rob Lowe called like Nine One One Texas or something, and like, really? yeah, yeah, they're both they're both awful. <laughs> Sounds like they're, John watches. They're just, they are god. No, I have like, some friends who watch it, and if I ever ever at that out of their house, <laughs> okay, on that yeah, night, yeah, she, I'm watching. She's, they, I watched like the first episode, and like they fought yeah. like a giant fire that would be like a once in every ten years fire, and then yeah. They go and do like eight other things in that episode, and I'm just then like the this next is day they have a once brain. in ten years fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my brain is melting, <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, like the well, once you catch up, like there's a blackout now that they're in the middle of because the tsunami hit, and I'm like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, you know, that's the problem. But like, rescue me, I liked. Uh, again, not having seen more than the first season, I think, because I just don't like watching firemen stuff. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I get that. Um, but, like, the thing I liked about that is they got into the social life outside of the, you know, in the mm-hmm. firehouse and outside of the firehouse. And, yeah, occasionally there's a fire. Yeah, occasionally uh, they go on a, a fatal accident or mm-hmm. something, you know. But then it's, like, they're just dealing with, you know, life as a fireman yeah. and how that can mess you up. Um, yeah. Okay. Which kind of what Chicago you know, fire is doing now. Yeah. Uh, so that's another one I don't watch, but I've seen some old episodes and yeah. it's another, they fight a, they fight a once in a lifetime fire every mm-hmm. week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also well, it's, uh, it, it's very, very politically correct, uh, well, I which see. I understand mm-hmm. it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. But that is I can, not I, the case. I can I can cut this out because maybe you don't want to talk about that. I think I talked about your firehouse is very conservative, and you're not. Oh, uh, you don't have to cut that out. I mean, it is okay. what it is. I'm yeah. I'm a yeah. leftist in a firehouse, which is yeah. a miniature red state. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's funny because they'll be like, "Oh, you're a liberal," and it's like, actually, I'm not. I'm I'm way beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone all the way around to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, you think Nancy like, Pelosi yeah, is a is, socialist? You ain't seen nothing I, yet, I, buddy. Yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll lecture them on on you know like like you know politics, and they're like, ah, you're wrong. I'm like, you're right. Now let's all get into our big red truck and go around giving out government health care and our unionized yes. job. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm the moron. Like, yeah, yeah. That's always been my like like. They're always saying less government, less taxes, less until it's their program, and then so they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Right. Well, that's always the thing. Well, Wait that's a why second here. No, no, I didn't mean yeah. me. Yeah, there is no such thing <laughs> as actual fiscal conservatives. Like yeah. it, no. it just means uh, I don't want money going to shit that I don't like. And meanwhile, I'm like, right. "Cool, I didn't like the the war in Iraq. Did I not yeah. have to pay for it?" Right. Like, yeah. Did you send Did you send your stimulus back? Your stimulus checks back? I bet you you did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just the, well, the hypocrisy the hypocrisy mm-hmm. is not lost on me but it's very yeah, much lost yes. on them i live in a very conservative area yeah. and yeah it's just I, i've gotten to the point where i'm yeah. just like the day that one of my coworkers came to me and said wearing the mask was the mark of the beast i looked at her oh. and i said patty i don't even know how to answer that and i have not said anything since about anything right <laughs> That was the day you put the, the rectal. That was the day I put the rectal jo- uh, temperature. There. Yeah, <laughs> on there, yeah. And then I told them that if it's Easter in in the northern hemisphere, it's Christmas in Australia. 
<laughs> well, Rex, okay, now we've kept you longer than an hour. So I do want to thank you for your time. We try to keep the podcast about an hour. So yeah, sure. That's I'm not, a, that's I'm not cutting time. you off. I'm just saying oh, hey. you, you gave me an hour of your, us an hour of your time. And right, before you go, time and we, we appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, but before you go, do you want to hype the um, show at the winery, which is July second? Oh, yeah. uh, is see. it? This, you give the details. Point, yeah, at this point, uh, well, we Fire and Fury Burlesque is a company I'm a co-producer of, um, and our next show would be at City Winery in Chelsea. It's on the pier at the end of 15th Street, uh, at the corner of the West Side Highway. Uh, it's a beautiful venue. Uh, we have performers from around New York and literally all around the country uh, mm-hmm. that do that show. Uh, it's July 2nd at 8 p.m. Uh, okay. It's the holiday weekend, so you don't have to worry about, you know, like you get the extra day in there. Uh, we are ironically celebrating America in this one. <laughs> so, I've been to the City uh, Winery. Yeah, it's, a gr- it's a great venue. And I've mm-hmm. seen you do your uh, Celebrating America show in the past also. Yeah, awesome. We have a killer lineup. <laughs> well, George, last time, well, I think this was three years ago. George dressed up as Trump, and the the women beat oh, him yeah, on yeah. stage. That actually, yeah, that that wasn't our show, but I was I was in that show. Uh, okay, and that was that was a great show. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, now you know, <laughs> it was going to say, "Hey, we got Trump out," but with the way the government's going these days, yeah, it's not exactly anything more to celebrate. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing is about this show is we crammed uh, some a bunch of non-Americans and immigrants into it. Because okay. uh, so, what really Sounds makes great. the country great, right? Yeah. Basically, a lot, of Irish, we, a lot of Irish people, right? Yeah. Well, that's uh, what well, I was going to say. Isn't yeah. America full have, of non-Americans? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. And, and, and I think that's, if you get it, you get the joke. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we have Aussies <laughs> and Brits and... and People from all all over the country, so it'll be a great time. But yeah, July second at City Winery. All right, fantastic. Thank you right. so much, Rex. Thanks for being Thank on the you, show. Rex. Thanks a lot. Have Bye. a good one, guys. So we this is a part of the show where if we have letters, we'll read them. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you we we had a letter from. I think you, I think you sent me a letter. Our fan Corey Corcoran. Mm-hmm. I have ordered his his screezine. I have not received it yet. Someone might have stolen it. I would if I saw it on a if I saw it just hanging. But out I'm going to read his letter. Okay. So Corey Corcoran writes, "Hey guys, I really enjoyed your Star Toys episode. I was excited to hear that the next movie you all are watching is the 1978 Gregory Peck vehicle, The Boys from Brazil." Even though this film is from way back in the SETI past, it somehow feels frighteningly, frighteningly, frighteningly. Wow. I drank this Coke. Yeah. (laughs) It made my mouth sticky. Frighteningly timely. timely. Wait, I got the movie wrong? Damn, you're watching Boys on the Side? I guess that makes sense. (laughs) You'd be revisiting the Whoopi Goldberg lesbian road trip movie from 1995 and not the Hitler cloning movie from the 70s. I'm looking forward to you all discussing it. Yes. <clears throat> I wanted to tell you. Wait a second. <laughs> <clears throat> What's going on, John? No, I, I just, wanted to. I just, this, this is a hilarious letter. I just, this letter cracks me <laughs> up. It's so funny. I wanted to let you all know I play along with the quizzes every week 
and always answer all the questions correctly. So basically what, basically, basically what Corey's saying is he's guessing who would fart in an elevator. Yes, he's getting him right. <laughs> he's on he's on our wavelength. Corey, I would be frightened if I were you. If you're on our wavelength, <laughs> I would not be celebrating that. I would be getting myself some medical treatment immediately. <laughs> but um, Corey, you're making jokes about our next movie, and we know, we know you know that we're watching the movie The Boys Next Door, a 1996 American made-for-television Hallmark drama starring Nathan Lane. <laughs> Which is true. There is a movie called The Boys Next Door in 1996. Yeah, oh, Nathan okay. Lane movie. I'm not making that oh, up. Yeah. I looked it up. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take maybe your we, word. Maybe for we'll it. just have to watch every movie called The Boys Next Door. Yes, of course, Corey. You know, you, Corey, I think Corey does realize that we would not actually review a movie that the critics actually liked. <laughs> <laughs> we might. Come on. Mm. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking. Sure I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list. I'm not. I'm not seeing any thumbs up. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna. Still, I'm just preparing. I'm just preparing everybody for that. I still love Trog. I can't believe that got bad reviews. I had so I much fun believe, talking oh, about snub by the Oscars. <laughs> yes, snub by the Oscars. Glenda Jackson won Best Actress that year. Mm. It should have gone to Joan Crawford. But thank you, Corey. We appreciate your letter. Thank you, Corey. We love your letters. Please keep. Sending them and letting us know you're still out there. And we are looking forward to the screezine when that yes. arrives. And we're going to get out of here because this show is long. It, it was, was very long. long. So email us like Corey did at SETIBIMCO with the E at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SETIBIM. Instagram, SETI underscore BIMCO. And if you like this show also, please like and share it on social media. Tell your friends. Don't don't send it to your your kids because this is more of an adult show. But mm. send it to eh, I don't care. Send it to whoever. We got a, a listener in Australia. I noticed. So I know some I'm listeners in Australia. About that. Uh, we'll comment about that next week because I have a couple of thoughts on. Okay. That. Mm. All right. And okay. you know, since we are a throwback show, this show has kind of given me a headache. So I'm going to go take a couple Anison and uh, maybe get a little nap. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. But okay. next week we're going to watch a, t- a TV movie. <laughs> Sorry. When was the last TV time you took an Anderson? I don't know. I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I never did. Okay, that. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Next next week's movie is it's it's this is a movie starring William Shatner. Can you believe it? I can't believe it's called, it. It's called The Babysitter, made for TV movie. All right. Get excited. If you want to watch along, it's on YouTube for free. It's probably free some of uh, several places. I, I can't with, believe any oh, it's country movie. William Shatner and Patty Duke. Patty Duke. At the time, Patty Duke asked. That's right. Because she was married okay. to John Aston. Yeah. I interrupted you. Did you want to say something else before we go? No, Is no. You, you were very Is succinct and very... I really need to get that Aniston, though. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, John. All right. Bye, Tim. Have a great week. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Petty Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.